Hey, Zach. What? Okay. This is not the end of the world, but it's not the oh, best news. Oh, God. You remember when I hit spacebar and paused you? When you went to the bathroom? Yeah. yeah. I think even though I didn't have Audacity, like, directly open up That's my screen. That's what it did. I think it did pause it. So I have, like, an hour, five minutes of recorded time. I'm so sorry. I, I didn't even think to check when I got back. So I like was like, okay, I'm leaving it. Sure. Running. Yeah. And it normally is fine. I'm so sorry, Zach. So I'll replace it with the Zoom audio yeah. at this point. But let's make what just happened a uh, preamble to the podcast where we yeah. all get to sit in Stephen's shame. Uh, Stephen, <laughs> say sorry to the people for what you've done before we get into the show. Um, so I, I want to apologize first and foremost to God uh for my audio being not up to par this week i i accidentally hit pause trying to make zach stop breathing and uh well now now it's gonna sound like it sounds so sorry folks all right here it is (laughs) steven it's a new year it's 2022 and i've got a big fat juicy wish that it's going to be a year full of fulfillment here on you can't disappoint a podcast what do you think i've got a big old sauce drenched wish myself just slapped on my plate here in front of me and i'm gonna dig in to a whole nother year of you can't disappoint a podcast it's gonna be a big year full of winding down our rewatch of community and moving on to whatever comes next for us and to be a part of it with us there's so many ways to show your support We've got a big old warm pool here for you. Come on and slip on your skibbies and slide down the ladder and dive in. How how can they get in this pool, Zach? If you put your toe in the water and it feels fine and you want to get waist deep, come join us on Patreon, patreon.com slash can't disappoint podcast. It's the way to support this show and to help us move it forward as we move into the future. It's also the way to get more of us every week with our live pre-show every week. You can't just a pre-show and all kinds of Patreon exclusive content coming all the time, Steven. We'd love for you to support us on Patreon, but you can also hang out with us free of charge over on Twitter at you can't disappoint. We are also on Instagram at Can't Disappoint Podcast, and we're on Facebook and YouTube under the whole name of the show, You Can't Disappoint a Podcast. Also, if you would like to be a part of the show every week, you can email us at can'tdisappointpodcast at gmail.com. To be a part of next week's podcast, write us in your trivia, your favorite funny moment, and your episode MVP for next week's episode of Community, and we'll read it out loud on the show. If you like what we do here, leave a review wherever you leave reviews about podcasts. Yeah, maybe like... The Sharper Image product review site. Leave us a review there. There's uh, like a box full of sticky notes at my post office. Write a review and leave it there. I hope you guys are jumping on board with us and you're ready to traverse 2022 with me and Steven. What do you say? Let's rip our way into another episode if you can't disappoint a podcast. Cannonball! <laughs> I'll put like a big <laughs> splat. <laughs> You know what, Britta? You're right. A Sophie B. Hawkins dance is just what this school needs. Thanks, Jeff. To celebrate Sophie B. Hawkins and all her accomplishments. Jeez, Winger, who's throwing this dance, me or you? Um, Britta, I think you meant to say Susan B. Anthony, not Sophie B. Hawkins. Britta for the whoops! Didn't you have a cat named Susan B. Anthony? How'd you manage to Britta that? I didn't Britta anything. I meant Sophie B. Hawkins. Really? 
Your plan was to throw a dance honoring the singer of Damn, I Wish I Was Your Lover. And as it laid me down, which in my opinion is the far superior song. Ooh, that is a good song. Yeah. Yes. I am throwing a Sophie B. Hawkins dance. And it is going to be amazing. And when people come, they're going to be like, damn, she straight britted this. Because that's right, I'm taking it back. It's time to record another podcast. That's great. That was a start. You gotta, you gotta rip. Oh, sorry. Go for it. That was it. I did, and then you just shot me down. No, yeah, yeah. Go for it. Let's do that. <laughs> Welcome to the show, everybody. Welcome to you can't disappoint a podcast. Another week. Glad to be here. How you doing, man? Good to I'm see you. I'm good, buddy. It's good to see you too. I, I'm comfy and cozy. How you feeling? Yeah, you are. You're wearing like uh, a a robe that looks like some type of ceremonial garb at the same time. What's going on there? What's that? Yeah, number? I've got a seance right after this. We got to like hurry up. It's actually my brother got it for me for Christmas. It's like it a comfy. snuggie, but it's just a hoodie and it's like a furry little blanket. So it's not it's the great. Weezer snuggie. Do you know it's about not. the Weezer snuggie? No, is the hole in your ass. So you can, there was like... briefly a Weezer snuggie. Wow. Do you own it? No, but Lily and I to? looked it up recently. They're like hundreds of dollars. Ah, damn. It I'll, was to just, I'll just call their Rivers. hit album Ratitude. Oh, no. That, that Welcome tracks. to the podcast, everyone. Nothing but Weezer. I'm Zach, and I'm like one of those quirky girls from the movies. You are. Hi, I'm Steven, and damn, I wish Zach was my lover. <laughs> that can happen. We can hey, arrange though. that. That can be made. We can make that done. a thing. Welcome to the show, everyone. Let's shout out at the top of the program our $10 and up patrons over at patreon.com slash can't disappoint podcast. Those people are Mary Baker Budisa, Danny M. Lugo, and Planeswalker Prez, and Taylor Ace. And if you'd like to be one of those names, I already said the link. Go type it in to your typewriter and make it happen. You know, fun fact about typewriters, Zach. Sure. Uh, the inventor of the typewriter... Um, his wife was a novelist who went blind, and so that she could keep writing books, he uh, created the typewriter, and it was called the Auto Memory Doll. Originally. That's from an anime. That's from the anime you were talking about earlier, isn't it? Yes. But we also have to give a shout out to the man who invented <laughs> the typewriter. <laughs> Our community papa over at communities on Twitter. Without them, the spoken and written word that we know today would be nothing. And this podcast would be nothing without him. We, we love our poppy. Well, the rumor has it that uh, that one day, you know, he was tweeting about community and the power mm. went out. And he said, I have to get this out there. <laughs> and so he he tore apart his old computer, wow. um, grabbed some metal from his yard and and crafted together a typewriter yeah. just to, to speak the good word of community facts. And he handed it out all around the block. And that's why every April 17th, we all tear apart our computers and make a typewriter out of them, and then type some stuff about community and hand it out to your neighbors. So when Dolly Parton recorded 9 to 5 and used her nails to create the typewriter sound, it wasn't because there wasn't a typewriter available. They hadn't been invented yet. They had not been invented yet, exactly. So thanks for that, 
Go mm. ahead and if you're listening, tweet at communities on Twitter and let them know thank you for inventing the typewriter. They'll yeah, know it... that Zach and Steven sent you. <laughs> Undoubtedly. <laughs> Welcome to the show, everybody. Steven, how you been, man? What's your week been like? I've been good. You know, a lot of teaching, a lot of dancing. Um, I watched in Not Kanto. teaching dance. You've been teaching sixth grade English. How's that Yeah, going? yeah, absolutely. Uh, to a small group of aboriginal hunters that I encountered. <laughs> Specifically hunters only in this class. What are you, what are yeah, you the gatherers have in, a different in your teacher. English class? Like all the classics, what book are you all reading? Uh, well, we were going to read Charlotte's Web, but I didn't want to like do that. So because we most of those pop. kids have been called pigs their entire life. Well, truly, so, so Charlotte's we, Web we would are, be just offensive. We <laughs> we are uh, currently on our seventeenth read through of Hop on Pop. Uh, <laughs> the foot book is coming soon, but sure. gotta find enough copies. I'm sorry. I think somewhere in there I heard that you watched Encanto. <laughs> yeah, I I watched Encanto uh, Did you enjoy on it? Sunday. I loved it. I thought it was great. The characters are really good. The music is awesome. Really danceable. A lot of fun songs. And here's what I'll say. Okay. Lemuel Miranda did the music. Sure. And I love Moana, and I love a lot of things that Lemuel Miranda has done. But he's a very signature sound and style. Yeah. And I'll say that that isn't as immediately noticeable when you hmm. see the movie. Like, when you see Moana, you can hear some of the songs and be like, oh, Lin-Manuel Miranda wrote this. But when you hear Encanto, it doesn't necessarily sound exactly like that. Now, there's some obviously some, like, things that see, he does I don't that feel you that way. Notice. I feel that way about his style, but I don't feel that way about Moana very much. Listen to You're Welcome again and, and tell me and, and feel. I'm not saying, well, like you're saying about, I'm not saying his style isn't there, but I feel like... Yeah. All of the Moana character songs sure. feel like great Disney, like I want songs. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm not saying so, it's a bad thing. Do you like Encanto better than Moana? Ooh, I'd have to watch it again. Yeah. I liked it a lot, and I really like Moana. So I'm excited to check it out. We're going to check it out soon. Lily and I have been kind of going through some of the movies that are in contention for Oscar nominations, and that's definitely one of them. We'll get to it. Oh, on second thought, I like Encanto much better. I just remembered how good part of it is. Okay. And there's wow. a really, really powerful kind of message in part of the movie that, like, really hits. So, I'm excited to see it. I know um, I'll enjoy it. Yeah. Did you see it in the theater? No, I watched it right here where I'm sitting now. It's I'm really Disney missing uh, going to the theater. One thing, I'll humble brag because this episode of the podcast will come out uh, the day after my 25th birthday. I'll be 25 smackaroos wow. old. By the time this bad that boy comes out. That means I got to give you 25 whippings. And on my birthday, I think we're going to go see a movie. And I don't know exactly what I want to see. I want to watch one of the Oscar movies that's like only in theaters still. Mm -hmm. um, part of me has thought maybe I'll go check out West Side Story. I've heard Ooh, really good things about it. That. That'd be a good one to see in the theater. Um, I'm really wanting to see Licorice Pizza, the new Paul Thomas Anderson movie. Oh, um, it, it stars one of the members of the rock band Haim, uh, along with like um, um, Philip Seymour Hoffman's son. Oh wow! And it's like I was a, gonna say Philip Seymour Hoffman. Yeah, I was, I was Philip be Seymour shocked. Hoffman's reanimated. <laughs> He's corpse. a tough get these days. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, and it's like a '70s like coming of age like love story movie. Apparently, it's really good. a lot of people talking really good about that one. I don't know what I want to go see. I don't know. That's fun though. It's exciting. I've been strongly considering getting my uh, AMC thing again. Me too. 
because it was such a sweet deal and I loved earning points because like I was going by myself to like literally three movies every Monday. I feel that. You would see three I, movies on the same day. That's yeah, baller. Because I only had like one day really. Like, That's how you'd to, like, spend your stuff. off day when you're yeah. single. That's what right? I've been thinking about too. Man, when I get some stuff figured out in my life, I want to have an extra day off. Mm-hmm. And Lily and I would go see movies all the time, but I almost want to have like a day off where while Lily's working, I go see one or two movies. Yeah, yeah, Lil, go go away. This is Just because Zach I, I there's something time. I really like about uh the experience of going to a movie theater alone. Oh, in the f-ing afternoon where no one else is in the theater. Yeah. I love it. I love immersing myself in the film. Not that mm-hmm. I don't love seeing it with other people because the sure, reaction that's, like, that's and, a great experience sure too. but it, it it is a good experience seeing it by yourself and i have actually i used to always be a back row of the theater guy but mm-hmm. i've come around to sitting closer to the front like i when i go by myself front. i sit right at the front of the row like where there's like the walkway i yeah. sit right there on the edge i usually sit spot. at the back row of the front section like mm-hmm. a, cl- a little closer than that because I like you can see the whole screen, but I like to pretty much not be able to see anything but Anyone, the screen. Yeah, not see. I don't the like to see the theater. lights. Yeah, I like to be like really immersed in the theater. That's enough talking about bullshit. I watched two movies, uh, being the Ricardos and Don't Look Up. I don't particularly uh, recommend either of them, other than watching them to form your own opinion on them. I didn't think either of them were spectacular. Mm. Let's move on. Let's talk about community. Why I community hey, that I'm happy to report I do find damn near spectacular. Yeah, this is I, I've I've said before, but this is one of my favorite episodes of the show. I think it's great. I think that the the like bit of it all is so funny. Yes. I think that's like one of my favorite jokes in the whole series of community, yeah. and that's saying something. Sure. We're talking, of course. About season four, episode nine, intro to felt surrogacy, puppet episode, everybody. I'm just kidding. We're talking about season four, episode eight, Herstory of Dance. Did you get scared for a second? Are you like, did I watch the wrong episode? <laughs> no, I, I knew that we were... <laughs> I, I thought it was a funny joke, Zach. That's was, all I need to It caught me off guard. It was a surprising it. joke. Sure. Okay. Uh, season four, episode eight, Herstory of Dance. It was directed by the great Tristram Shapiro, who has the most directing credits of anyone on Community. It was written by Jack Kukoda? Cuck Oda? He's a one-time writer on the show. I'm not familiar Cuck-Oda? with the Cuck's work. And it originally aired on April 4th, 2013. Let's Only do some trivia. 13 days before that Harrowed Eve when Community's... Rode the streets, <laughs> handing out his hand I made a clickety-clacky, everyone. <laughs> Look at my community tweets on paper. He, like, nails them to everyone's door like Martin Luther. Let's do Have some trivia. Have you seen the, the Martin okay, Luther movie? I guess not. Let's not do with... some trivia. Martin Luther, yeah, the white one, right? I've probably seen it. Yeah, with um, who who plays him? The one I don't Doc know. Ock. I really don't. Uh, Alfred Molina. Alfred yeah, I haven't yeah, seen it, actually. it's great. Is it? I could it. see him yeah. playing that. I watched it in school for some reason. That makes sense. Well, maybe I did watch it, but slept on my desk during it. Ah. Uh, I love movies, out. and just about any time a movie was being shown, I was it was lights out. And oh, nobody yeah. gave a f- No. I'd, like, hand in my copied answers on a drool stain. <laughs> that like, you wrote during the credits of whoever was sitting next to you. <laughs> <laughs> it was always, like... Fill in the blank. 53 minutes into the... Just to prove that you're not falling asleep yeah. through it. I do remember watching, like, Gattaca. Wow. actually watching Gattaca. There were a couple Never films. Never watched that I, like, I like that one. Let's do some trivia. I went pretty hard <laughs> on the trivia this week. I've got... 
seven questions for you. Due to some technical difficulties in my note-taking device, I have four questions for you, Zach. If you had one of Daddy's typewriters, that wouldn't have been. A I problem. know it wouldn't have happened. So I'm gonna give. Well, we'll go back give and me, forth in case you take any of mine, and sure. then I'll rapid fire the rest of them. So actually, you go first. Okay. Um, what does the dean come up with for a rainforest dance? Oh man, well the sprinklers. Uh, mm-hmm. Was it palm fronds? Yeah, palm fronds and rigging rigging the sprinkler system. Is that it? Was it just the two things? Yeah. Nice. Okay. What does the health department require you do at the upcoming dance? Ooh, you better keep those shoes on. <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's great. Correct. Um, who sings I Will Remember You? Sarah McLaughlin. Yes. So, fun fact uh, that no one will care about. So there's a singer named John McLaughlin. Sure, he's from our hometown. Sings, yeah, he's from our hometown. He sings unrelated, um, I imagine. The song in Enchanted no at the end. Does uh, he really? Yeah, he sings the. Do so you think they're gonna ask him back for the new one? Do. I hope so. Yeah. Um, but he's a his, his sister from our, is named from our Sarah McLaughlin, and she sings. No but relation. She's not that Sarah. <laughs> no relation. Yeah. Fun fact about Sarah McLaughlin. <laughs> Someone else is named that. <laughs> and it's not her. And it's not the one you'd think. <laughs> mm-hmm. They have um, met. Okay. What are... Well, uh, scratch that. Let's start over. <clears throat> Troy says that Chang is the what of people. Colin Farrell? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that was really funny. In the interest of growth, same scene, what is Abed trying to avoid? Oh man, it's all this of the, line like, comes words directly for after that mix yeah. em ups and stuff. I don't know though. Um, I know that I I do know that escapades was that what is like in is gray area. That yeah one you might yeah be good to job. Do. On I that don't one. know the ones before it though. Um, he said he's trying to avoid hijinks uh-huh. and also capers, uh-huh. romps, and exploits. Sure. Okay. What do I have next? What does the banner above the cafeteria entrance say and have on it? Oh, um, there's like a straight shot of it. Yeah. This was kind of my f*** you question, sorry. No, it's okay, because I remember looking at it, but I don't remember what it said. Does it say Sadie Hawkins and no. have pictures of ladies? Does it say no. Susan B? No. Does it, does it say her lady time? It says two big dances tonight. Oh. And it has several human beings on it. Nice. It does say that. Uh, sure I can attest. You're right, Zach. Correct. Thanks for fact checking. Good job. Um, I've got one left. Okay. What years was Pierce the official supplier of wipes Ooh. to the Lilith Fair? Oh, I have no idea. I'm gonna guess the '80s. Ooh. I don't. I really do not know. Ooh. <laughs> we were looking for 1997 to 1999. Ooh. I had to Google what that was because I had heard it before. But I didn't know. That was your uh, last question, huh? Yeah. You didn't take any of mine. I've got four more for you. Wow. Go ahead. But as I was saying, I Googled it, and apparently it's like a music festival that Sarah McLaughlin Little started. Fair. Yeah. L- Sarah McLaughlin started it. Yes. Cool. Is, yeah. What are Abed's for icebreakers? For Canadian ladies. Abed's icebreakers were um, a Bible. Can you and, be more specific? Uh, a holy Bible. Can you be... A different kind of specific. A physical Bible? Think hotel rooms. A hotel room Bible? A Gideon's Bible. 
uh, Gideon's Bible, and uh, the other one was a kaleidoscope with like, did it have hearts in it? Or what something? was it before? What he called it a something kaleidoscope, not Gideon's. <laughs> <laughs> a jelly bean kaleidoscope. Jelly bean. Whatever that means. Is it full of jelly beans? I don't know. Or does it look like it's full of jelly beans? All right, rapid fire. What does Cat play? And in what band? She is in a all-female kazoo band, but she's yes. in the rhythm section and plays the saw. Yes. What are the two Hawthorne Wipes slogans given by DJ <sighs> Kevy Kev? Um, I laughed at the joke here. That doesn't get you anything. No. <laughs> I don't remember. Uh, I've got for the little lady who knows her place in the kitchen. That yeah, and perfect for cleaning the dashboard of your '92 Subaru. There we go. One more question for you: What does Cat have checked at the coat check? Uh, her water wings. There you go. You did a pretty good job for how many questions I had. That was great. Nice Let's move job. Right on into some emailed questions. Electronic mail. That was. A, I like that. Thanks. Good job. Thank you. It's an on day for us. Um, okay, this one I wouldn't the, go that far to say is us. from our good old friend Taylor Tom 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 Tay. Yeah. Um, Taylor says, "Howdy, Stephen. Greetings, Zach. Apologies it, okay. in advance for the super long email. Let's do it. Strap in. Okay. Oh, this is great. Okay. Um, trivia." What is Abed trying to avoid? Well, that would clearly you be... You got that one. It was hijinks. hijinks. <laughs> <laughs> Capers. It's all you, buddy. It's all you. You got romps, this. Romps and There's exploits. An e exploits. Mm -hmm. um, what are the Hawthorne wipes perfect for? Well, the for little the lady, little knows lady that knows her place in the kitchen and for cleaning the dashboard of your 92 Subaru. Mm-hmm. Um, during what years did Hawthorne wipe supply moist towels to little fair? Ninety-seven to ninety-nine. Oh, you know it. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> Especially because you were talking about cars. I almost said Chevy. Chevy watch. <laughs> I think this is the last good ways. Chevy episode, and I'm giving him an honorary MVP in light of that. I, His arc. Sure. I mean, considering that. Literally, I think this is the last yeah. actual Chevy episode. Sure, Pierce's little thing, and this is nice, but it's mm -hmm. not MVP worthy, honorary sure. or otherwise. Sure, I, I, I'm gonna min I was gonna mention him. Who gave but... Tim Tam the honor to decide this kind of thing? <laughs> I rescind your honor. <laughs> Go ahead. Sorry, Tim Tam. Sorry, tough Tam. Break. Um, his arc here of the helpful order for older foil to Jeff's bitter jerk was so refreshing. Yeah. If it were his actual last appearance, I would love it as a send off to the character. Really? Brie Larson would be my backup choice for MVP. Okay. She's so good. I wish she had stayed a more regular character rather than the couple of odd appearances later on. I agree. But it I is like noteworthy that she's pretty much the only thing from season four that Dan Harmon decided to include in a later season, which is great. It's true. Yeah, I like her. Um, overall, I wonder, she, I wonder if she did anything after this. Brie Larson, have you heard that name? Um, I think she did that like picture about like the shed or something. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> did she win the Oscar for that? I think so. I think she did win an Oscar. Good for, for her. I that movie that was movie, great. Room. That movie yeah. was really really good. Little kid was great in that too. Yes. Um, 
Oh shit, he like still does stuff, right? He was in that movie Good Boys. Yeah. It was like a super bad about eight year olds or something. Mm-hmm. I didn't yeah. watch that, but it looked like it might have been funny. It was kind of funny. It was silly. Mm. Overall, this is really one of the best episodes of the series. Nearly every character gets a good story, although Troy's is definitely the weakest. I'll agree. Starting to get Zach's vibe that this season, Troy just feels like Donald Glover, not Troy Barnes. Yeah. Abed's double date slash meeting Rachel is a great new plot for his character as well. Britta really nailed the 90s look and appeal this week, and Jeff learns a lesson and grows a bit. Annie and Shirley do great with the hilariously bad blind date girls. It's not in my top 10, but it's in the top 25 for sure. Maybe one day I'll make an actual list of ranked episodes. We'll see. Keep up the great work, you two. Love the new artwork, and I'm excited for next week's episode. Spoilers, I like it, and Sarah Bareilles and Jason Alexander can make anything better. True. Funny moments. I need the computer. My email's on that one. Immediately followed by, now seriously, I need to get to my email. The post office is about to close. That was funny. Um, Pierce's confusion about Bernie Madoff. Has that been confirmed? Um, Bernie. (laughs) The dog covering its nose in embarrassment bit got me every time as well. That was funny. Um, According to Dean Law, I must now give her my amulet and then (laughs) clutching it in relief. You're safe. (laughs) Awesome. Well, thank you, Taylor. Thanks, uh, love the email. Love the love the convo. Thanks for being you. Still waiting on those brewskis. Yeah, crack open one of them on our behalf as you send them down the rabbit hole for us. Yes, Zach and I uh, are currently residing in a rabbit hole in Taylor's yard. So, well, I feel like now that I've mentioned, I think I mentioned. Yeah, I'm about to turn 25. Now he knows that we're not like 16. Yeah, because Steven's been like, I'm a professional dancer. <laughs> 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 they probably think I'm like bullshitting. They're, yeah, you're like a kid with big dreams. I'm a football playing cane space. Yeah. Uh, thanks for the email, Tammy. What else we got? All right, we've got one from Master and Move Over Thomas Edison. We've got our dad communities here, the Master father typist. of modern print typing. Um, <laughs> hi guys. I know that a lot of people love this episode for Britta, and I'm glad she has a win, but she didn't actually do anything to win other than ignore reality and keep pushing. It was done for her, and in that, it doesn't stick the landing for me. Still, Brie Larson's parts absolutely steal the episode, and because of that storyline, is always worth a rewatch to me. She's my MVP. If there's a second place vote for MVP, it's the Dean in black and white. Fair enough. That was easily the hardest to wear costume he ever wore due to how the makeup worked. Also, in one of the few appearances of a writer on camera, Annie Mabane, co-wrote Regional Holiday Music and others, is uh-huh. the replacement coat check person. Oh, wow. Whoa, I didn't know that. That's a cool tip. Mm-hmm. Um, have a great one, guys. Communities, Matt. Okay, trivia. Well, look, I'm... I want to – can I tell him why I disagree with what he said about yes. the episode? I'm sure Argue we'll get Papa. into this throughout the episode. I don't think that the episode exactly tries to say, like, Britta did anything crazy. No. In fact, I would say to the episode's credit, when Pierce talks to Jeff at the end of the episode, Jeff is, like, about to give her shit because Pierce was the one who orchestrated all of it. Jeff mm-hmm. learns that. And then Pierce is able to say, well, don't. Come on. Look, she helped you reconnect with your father. She's yeah. She's done all this good stuff for you. Let her have this one. And that's what spurs the moment from Jeff that I think is totally well-earned at the end of the episode. Absolutely. Uh, so I don't think the point is that finally Britta got one right. It's that, like, finally the people around her, or Jeff specifically, start to look at her a different way. I think it works really, really well in that regard. Yeah, I agree. But go ahead. 
Um, trivia. What book of the Bible was Rachel reading? Well, she says that she really hopes things turn around for Job. Yeah. So you know Job. that ain't Genesis. Yeah. A little Bible humor for everyone. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> yeah, she's reading the book of Job. I appreciate that. the book that. of Job. Um, what's the name of Shirley's date for Abed? Jessica. Jessica, yeah. Um, what does Abed check with Rachel initially? The kaleidoscope Abed. in the Gideon's Bible. Oh, yeah, sure. And a jacket, right? And That, like, blue jacket. Yeah, he has, like, well, He's I don't like, think he actually also, checks that jacket check with these. her. I don't know. He, like, just keeps switching jackets. Well, we'll see in a second. Maybe I Papa so. gave us some little answers. Achoo! Bless he you. He did. Um, trivia. What book of the Bible was Rachel reading? <laughs> uh, <laughs> <laughs> Um, number Job, uh, Jessica, and Gideon's Bible and a jelly bean kaleidoscope. He did yep. not mention the coats, but you never know. But I think it was. I think it might have been. You're wrong, Dad. Thanks for the Okey email, dokey. guys. Really appreciate it. And you know what time it is, Stephen. Oh, boy. You scream. I scream. We all scream for did Stephen watch, watch the episode this week. This how you feeling man this is a really great episode does that energize you to get it right or do you think there's a lot going on and you might have trouble you know when an episode is this enjoyable and when every character is actually involved mm -hmm. it's kind of tough to get everything in there i'm gonna do my best i'm gonna do it for you have a Susan chance B. i Hawkins. think you could do it yeah you do know that it's sophie b hawkins right yeah and then Sophie it's B. Susan Anthony. B. Anthony. I, you're yeah. making a joke, right? Or are you not? And now you get to cover it up as a joke. The world may never know, Zach. All right. Are you ready, buddy? Yeah. Let's count it down. Three, two, one, go. It's going to be a Sadie Hawkins dance at the school, but Britt is like, no, that's fem feminist. So she throws a Sophie B. Hawkins dance who sings those songs from the 90s. Um, Jeff doesn't believe in her. Abed takes two days to the dance. Shirley and Annie are against each other to win. Troy is having an adventure with Britta, but it's really kind of boring. Pierce orchestrated it all and got the real person to show Stop. up, the Dean. Oh, buddy. You didn't get anything about uh, the coat check girl at all. No. Like, but you got a couple things, but there was no swagger to that. Mm -mm. That was a there was C+. No plus. Sauce. That was a C+. Plus. Okay, I'll take it. Thank you. That was a C+. Plus. If you there had was gotten, no sauce on the nuggets. There was no sauce. If you had gotten... Abed has two dates, but falls for the uh, coat check girl along the way. Maybe it would have been like a B minus territory. I think it would have gotten a boost, yeah. And Def before we Def move into the episode, what we thought about it, even though we've kind of made it clear that we're pretty big fans of this one, let's mm -hmm. talk about our favorite funny moments. Uh, uncharacteristic of myself, I wrote down like four or five things. Yeah, I, I try. I have two written down. <laughs> the whole like scene where Cats introduced is really funny, but <laughs> when Troy's like. Was that girl an alien or a toddler with a growing disease? Because Troy doesn't get a lot of really funny lines this episode. So, so it was good to was get that good. one. Speaking of toddlers with growing diseases, did you ever see that Robin Williams movie, Jack? Yeah. Where he plays a kid in a Robin Williams body and uh -huh, bangs Fran like Drescher kid. or something. Do you remember that movie? Yeah. It's a weird one. It's doesn't it end one. with him graduating like high school or college and he's like an old man? And he's like, anything is possible. Is that how that f***ing is? I think that's how that Yikes. movie ends. We've been talking about 
maybe doing like a monthly movie watch for the Patreon or something like That'd that. That'd be good. I would love to pick up some really weird movies like that. I that I can't think of we any should other watch reason powder. I would ever watch Jack. What's Powder? It's the one with uh this guy like comes to earth but he's like weird and like really like pale like albino but he has like jesus powers i don't know that one. Oh my f-ing god it's great did you say both of your things or just one i said one <laughs> go ahead buddy uh the other one i thought chang is the dj was pretty funny because he just had I no idea what the too. hell was going on yeah so i wrote down four things and three of them have been taken because timmy tams had the lack of honor to take a couple of them earlier. <laughs> but i wrote down you meant, oh, I guess yours too. Uh, when Cat enters, specifically when she perfectly whips the scooter out down on the ground. That's great. That made me laugh. That got to laugh every time. Uh, DJ Kevin, but especially when everyone's chanting Sophie and it cuts to him going, Sophie, Sophie. And he has like yeah. just nothing <laughs> in his face. Not a bad episode for a Chinesiac Kevin. No. As I'll far as it. how they decided to use him in this one. I wrote down Pierce's relationship with Bernie Madoff and he's like, Yeah. Has that been proven? <laughs> been, been ju- <laughs> I thought that was good. And then the last thing was the Dean amulet. According to Dean Law, I must Oh, my God. Her. You know, that's one of those jokes they came up with in the writer's room, and someone was like, that's too stupid to use. And someone was like, is it? And so it yeah. ended up in the show, and it's really funny. Let's move on. Uh, what are your thoughts? This is one of your favorites. What did you think after watching it? Yeah, it holds up. I really enjoyed it. I think that it's really funny, which I've missed for a lot of this season, um, which I think makes it feel even better at this point after kind of the run of some rough episodes that we've had. Uh, This one really was like back to community. Mm -hmm. And it still feels a little bit season four, but not necessarily in like a bad way. I agree. I think it's in a good way. I've said a couple of times, but haven't totally been able to to rationalize that I'm that I think that this season is so much more like saccharine and is more huggy than previous seasons mm-hmm. of community, but in a good way sometimes. Yeah. Uh, like the Thanksgiving episode, but that's especially this episode. This episode has its heart on its sleeve through a lot of it. And then in the end, it totally delivers an emotionally satisfying ending. Uh in a way that I almost think Dan Harmon led community couldn't and wouldn't do because of how cheesy it looks on paper but when it works and it does work here it really really works and i love them for it i think this is a great episode it transcends being from a lesser than season and look going through this i haven't hated season four the Mm -hmm. worst crimes of season four have been that it hasn't been that funny and that it just doesn't give me a lot to talk about it's a lot more base level sitcom it's not bad i've been surprised that the characters feel more in character than i remembered them feeling Mm -hmm. uh but this episode especially they feel very in character it's a great brita episode i was thinking while watching it have we ever had like even though Britta's not in the forefront of this episode, it's almost more an Abed episode than a Britta episode. Have we ever had a Britta episode, really? Ever? Um, you could maybe call the, like, protesting one a Britta episode from season one. I think that was a B-plot, though. Shit. Then not very many. I know. I don't think there have been many Britta episodes, and I think throughout the show... Because most Britta episodes are actually a Jeff episode, or actually a... We've had you know what episodes. I'll call the um, Blade episode kind of a Brita episode. Okay, I will give you that one, but I think this episode 
and one from season six, I think are like the best Britta episodes. I think Britta's great in this episode. Yeah. Gillian is really funny. Britta both seems like a goof who messes things up all the time, but like kind of a real person at the same time too. I, I really enjoy this episode. Don't have a lot negative to say about it, and I think we should dive in. Yeah. I think this episode definitely has a moment, especially where Britta feels like such a real character. Yeah. Which is which is great. They did a really good job of that. I even kind of like that the episode begins with a throwback to the now American bastardized version yeah. of Inspector Space Time and how big of a fan of it Pierce has become because he's the demographic that built it. It's a funny way to start an episode of yeah. them all in the study room. And I think this will probably be the last... Oh, man, think about this. This might be the last time that we get all seven study group members around the study table at once. Wow. That's crazy to think. Maybe I'll be proven wrong because I think Pierce walks in at a point or something, but this Mm -hmm. might be the last traditional episode begins, everyone's around the study room, let's start off an episode of Community. And that feels big. That feels like something worth noting. Uh, This show and the ensemble that it's built have been so good. The characters are so great. Mm-hmm. The way they interact with each other, the way that they're able to all be in a room at once and bounce off of each other and each character feels heard and it all feels real and built off of relationships, that's yeah. about to change pretty significantly. And that'll still be in the show, but it's a little piece of the special sauce is lost. Even if it's Chevy, who the show's better off without in mm-hmm. a lot of ways, both on camera and behind camera, it... It's a little bit of the special sauce is starting to starting to go away. Yeah. What did you think about uh, Black and White Dean? I think it's really funny. I and think it's, it's a funny. really, it's really cool well costume. Done. It's one of the season four-isms of this episode, if I had to point one out. They love putting the Dean in a costume this season all the time. Yeah. And they're always more and more elaborate. If this was one of the only ones, I'd probably love it. But because I'm already so sick of like the Hunger Deans and the other things that they've done with him in sure. this season, I'm a little bit like, really? Because of Sokop. But again, that's always been the joke is that he's like, I have to go to the bank today. What am I supposed Mm -hmm. to tell him? I had good and bad news. So I don't know if it's really the bit's fault that it kind of makes me roll my eyes a little bit. It's just because they've done it so many times. Totally. Now I have to say the makeup job is incredible. They said on the commentary that none of it was in post. That they did a bunch of different makeup tests on Jim to find the right shade of everything to make him look the right type of like monochrome. And it looks good. You can kind of see, like, around his eyes a little bit of his skin and stuff if you really look. But, man, they did a phenomenal job of genuinely making a black and white person. Well, and it's really impressive because they did it with, like... It's his lips. They did a great job of matching the... In his mouth. Yeah. But I think that's almost intentional, you know, that you can see the... And it's impossible to cover up the inside of someone's mouth. But it's great. Like, even matching the tones of, like, the outfit. So RuPaul's Drag Race did something like this, a challenge, and somebody's done makeup like that. And Mm -hmm. it it looks, like, really good. I think it's really cool. They did an awesome job on the show of, like, making the makeup that smooth and, Mm -hmm. like, even throughout. Even, like, down to, like, the, the fingernails being painted. Great detail. That's awesome. On this, yeah, it looks great. His eyebrows look great. Mm hmm. Have you ever seen the Tobey Maguire movie Pleasantville? No, I remember when it came out, but I never watched it. That'd be another good one to discuss. It's like about like a brother and sister that gets sucked into like an old 50s sitcom. Nice. Like like a 90s sardonic people. And it's like a comedy, yeah. but it's also like mostly a drama. 
And nice. it's like they get sucked into this like 50s sitcom town and they start bringing like sex and rebellion like to the to the like squeaky clean place. Nice. And it's in black and white and there's this whole idea in it that once someone like starts to like become like a bastardized like affected person that the black and white starts to like wipe away off of nice. them and stuff and I don't know his makeup kind of reminded me of that. There's similar stuff like that in that movie. That's it's a awesome. movie I watched as a kid. I wonder if that holds up. <laughs> We should watch it. One thing I like about this episode is just that it's a dance episode. They say it right out that it's been a while since they've had a dance, and it really has. There have been little events here and there, but so many things about this episode take me back to season one. Yeah. Now, they wouldn't do like what the Dean's doing here in season one, and maybe they wouldn't go as far with the Abed story in season one, but I feel like this is kind of a back-to-basics episode of community that i really appreciated that it'd be and nice it works got more of it abed's thread starts here uh, uh how he's trying to like grow and uh, as we'll see later on he kind of gets sucked out of that what do you think of it what do you think about abed you know we've talked about abed being kind of in sleep mode this season and not always yeah. being full abed what do you think about his arc here um Here's what I'll say. I yeah. love this episode for Abed. Yeah. I think it's a great Abed episode, and he doesn't do anything wrong in it. The only thing mm-hmm. that doesn't always work for me with this episode is the motivation of Abed wanting to change and grow. I feel like they did the, like, being normal thing. A couple times. And this is not him doing that, but it's him trying to not do hijinks. But to me, it it comes off as more of, like, him trying to erase the things that he does with Troy, but he's still being that way himself. And I don't totally get that. Sure. Um, but I don't think it hurts the episode at all. And it, and it's taken care of as, as like quickly as it starts. So it's inconsequential, but it I doesn't totally make mean. sense for me. Yeah. I kind of see what you mean. There are a couple little things in this episode that not so much. I don't like, but I wish they could have expanded on a little bit. Sure. And I think there's a couple kind of, of things that one. keep it from being a top 10 episode because it has potential. But I think there's just a couple little things that I'm like, eh. I think it more than has potential. I think it delivers on its potential. Mm-hmm. When I watched this episode front to back, not a single groan, not a single sure. moment. Even watching it like the two, three times that we usually do today, not mm-hmm. a moment where I'm uninvested or not really many jokes that I, there are ones that I laugh at and ones I don't, but none that kind of make me, oh my God, what? It, what? Yeah. Uh, I think this is a win, even if there are the things that I want out of it that I don't get are like in the other great episodes that we kind of pointed mm-hmm. out. I don't think this episode not being a top 10 is a diss at all. No, I not think at this all. is a top five of most other sitcoms. Sure. Um, I think it's just that community has episodes that bend what a sitcom can and cannot be. So then when they deliver a really phenomenal sitcom episode, it doesn't compare with like a modern warfare when it's like mm-hmm. a fil- an action movie. You know? Yeah, totally. I, I, I really like this episode. One thing I did think was a little bit weird in this opening scene with everybody talking is Annie and Shirley don't really have any lines. They just keep cutting mm-hmm. to them and they both go, ah, or like, yeah. ooh, I like that too, or nice. You know what I mean? They're mm-hmm. just kind of afterthoughts that they cut to. Yeah. Jim Rash is great in this episode. He gets a lot of great reaction shots. He does, Definitely. When Abed's talking about, he like relates something to ancient history instead of relating it to TV. And there's a mm-hmm. little shot of the Dean just like, <laughs> I was yeah. doing a thing. <laughs> I think it's funny. Mm-hmm. 
And this is where the dean brings up that the dance, the way, the reason why he's dressed black and white is because they're going to have an old-fashioned sock hop with the Sadie Hawkins Day theme, or Sadie Hawkins dance, or or whatever. Mm-hmm. I never ha- did. You ever have this type of thing in school, a Sadie Hawkins? No. See, I went to Christian school, so as children, we were not permitted to dance. We mm. were told that dancing was of the devil. In fact, at the school that I went to in high school, they don't have a prom; they have a banquet, and everyone sits around tables. Wow. And it's like, will you go to the banquet with me? Why is dancing bad? Oh, because dancing implies that bodies are to be looked at. <laughs> oh, I see. Yeah, cover that up if you're going to be walking around with it. I think it's that. I think there is an implication that if you get a bunch of young, sweaty, horny kids dancing together, that penises are going to touch butts. Butts are going to touch other butts. I thought that was the point. Balls will rub against other balls, and we cannot have that in the Lord's school. So sit down, eat the Isn't Chick-fil-A that, that, that we Isn't that Sting song when we catering. dance is about? What did you say? Isn't that Sting song when we dance about like a high school Christian prom school and you're getting all sweaty with My knowledge of Sting peers. music doesn't go as deep as you, apparently. I don't know We had him on the show. Much less. Well, yeah, but it was just it was purely for publicity. We would have had... Any Joe Schmo singer with a guitar on the show. Yeah. Fair Look, enough. it's not hard to get Sting on anything. Do you think that our, our friend Ben is like honored to have been in the same musical stage as Sting? <laughs> yeah, I'm sure he totally knows and thinks about that all the time. I'm sure he's forgotten that his song was ever on this. Yeah. Um, okay, so the the Sadie Hawkins idea is being brought up, and Britta is immediately upset because it's kind of an antiquated, oh, so now the ladies get to choose. They only get to choose who they want to go to a dance with when they're told to. I kind of get it. It's an outdated thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's very in character for Britta. The way that they pull off how this episode goes is really good. It's so in character for Britta to be like, well, f*** that, and, uh... Uh, well, I'll just do another dance, and I'll prove that you're wrong. And then it kind of <laughs> becomes not even about that at all. Yeah. And also, then the dean goes down the thread of, well, planning a dance is way harder than anything you know how to do, Missy. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's a really fun... I would have enjoyed if this episode... One of the few things I would have enjoyed if this episode had a little bit more butting heads of Britta and the dean. Because that's a really funny matchup, I think. It is. And the dean feeling like but this is what i do and you're trying to come in on that there are a couple mm-hmm. of jokes at that expense and they're really funny jokes but if that had been a bigger part of the episode i think that would have been been great but it's not a it's not a con because i don't dislike anything they did spend time on in the yeah. episode i i just could have seen more of that and been happy the dean's bit here before the theme song a good cut to theme song this time when he's like oh you think anyone can just Throw together palm fronds and and make it sprinkle and call it a rainforest. Oh, I gotta go. I gotta that's a good idea. I write this down. Really, really funny. Good start to the episode. Oh yeah. And then the bit continues to be perfect when Britta doesn't exactly even know who or what she's rallying against. I love the moment when she says Sophie B. Hawkins and everyone starts to like chime up just a little bit and jeff is like let's see where this goes everybody and i think that's funny Mm -hmm. that they just encourage her because she's made a mistake and she doesn't realize she's made a mistake but she's going really in on what she said i don't know it's just great 
uh, Joel McHale sells this bit really well. Jeff Sardonicism is funny in a not quite as off-putting way in this episode, I think, because mm-hmm. Britta is doing and saying something that's pretty dumb. And Jeff is kind of like in in the in the name of comedy, seeing where it's gonna go. I don't really have a problem with that. Yeah, I, I think it's funny. Britta is so into it. I don't know. Maybe there is a little bit of a grown moment when Jeff goes Britta for, for the whoops, the whoops. but it was kind yeah, of funny not great. too. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, she uh, quickly realizes that she didn't say Susan B. Anthony like she thought she did or wanted to, but she can't admit defeat, even though. It's not like she's told the dean or the whole school at this point that her dance is going to be Sophie B. Hawkins themed. It's just these six people that she's not willing to be like called wrong in front yeah. of. Uh, and it, I feel like it's a, a sign that these people and the type of stuff that they say to her is really getting to her. She can't, Well, yeah, like, have and Jeff thing. really lays it on when she just like messed up saying something, you know. Now, for someone who proclaims to be a feminist who's doing something in the name of feminism... Uh, uh, forgetting the name of Susan B. Anthony. Well, Jeff even points out she had a cat named Susan B. Anthony. <laughs> yeah, it's a pretty big Britta for the whoops. Maybe, maybe Britta was, uh, you know, a little bit inebriated in her mind here, and so she just made a little lapse in judgment. You know, we know she she sometimes gets down uh, with the with the town and <laughs> and. Uh, and you know, sneaks off to the bathroom for a candy cigarette or two. Sure. Those will get y'all hopped up. I thought Jeff's line was really egregious when he full out says to the camera, "You're throwing a dance based on Sophie B. Whatever Sophie Sophie <laughs> Sophie, Sophie B. B. Hawkins, the singer of this and this from the. You know, it was very much like yeah. a moment that all of a sudden everyone in the audience is like, oh, right. Yeah, I think I." No, like, I still who? don't know who that is. <laughs> Maybe we could bring that up. Is Sophie B. Hawkins... Do you know anything about Sophie B. Hawkins? Do you know the songs that are in this episode or that are brought up? I didn't. I had heard the songs. Really? But mostly because my mom listened to B105.7, Soft Rock. Sure. Uh, no, I didn't know these songs. I kind of think... So I, I grew up I hearing a lot they... of Sarah McLaughlin and this type of stuff. But I, I didn't like recognize the name. As I lay me down, but I think I know that song. They play it. Is that the second song she plays? Yeah. Then no, I don't think I know that one either. <laughs> That's another thing that this episode I don't know, it, it really pulls off the sitcom has a celebrity appearance where they show up to play a song. A lot mm-hmm. of shows do that. It's like a kind of cheesy sitcom trope, and I think this show pulls it off in a way that others yeah. don't. Yeah. So Britta leaves the study room. She's determined to prove to everyone that she can stick to her word and do this dance, that she can do it right, and that she's not going to look like an idiot in front of everyone. I love that Britta has made, like, posters now that she's putting up. Like, she's serious. Like, she's going all in just to prove that she wasn't wrong with what she said. Which, like you said, it does just show how much it, like, gets to her that she's always messing up The butt of the joke. Mm Mm-hmm. Also... So they end up sharing the cafeteria. I mean, this the the dean could have been like, no, you cannot do this. <laughs> the cafeteria is already booked for that night, but whatever. Uh, a couple things. I'm glad that this episode did not put anything into the Sadie Hawkins dance at all. 
a worse yeah. episode of Community, particularly in season four, would have done a whole thing about like Annie wanting to ask Jeff to the dance or something. Yes. And I am so glad that, that that's just the setup for this joke that fuels the episode. It doesn't really mm-hmm. have anything to do with the, the, the Sadie Hawkins of it all at all. Yeah. And I think that's for the better. And Jeff kind of drops a truth bomb here as Brita starts putting up these posters, really committing to the bit that if you put up Sophie B. Hawkins' name on a poster everywhere, people are going to assume that that means that it's for a concert or like something <laughs> where she's going to show up. You don't have dances that are themed after a person, a musician. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's weird. I also like seeing all the Delta Cubes posters on the board. There's some board. good season continuity going on in this episode. Mm-hmm. I like that too. Britta, when she says, I will remember you, like working it into a sentence to try to be like, well, I know what I'm doing and that's not even a Sophie B. Hawkins song. That's, that's great. Fun. It's from uh, uh, an artist that people have actually heard of. Oh, yeah. Sarah McLaughlin. No relation to John McLaughlin, singer of So Close from Another Enchanted. thing I couldn't help but think of the name Sophie B. Hawkins is such an integral part for this episode to pull off. Mm-hmm. What if she hadn't wanted to do the show? I think that... Did they already have an Okay, end, so I did like, think of that. Is there a version of the script where she doesn't show up in the end, or what? I think the version where she doesn't show up, like, a worse show, would have, like, a heartfelt moment where... Jeff puts on a denim jacket, a wig, and some glasses and comes out and says that he's got a voice cold and then leaves the stage. What? That he would pretend to be Sophie B. Hawkins? Yeah. Is that what you're saying? Okay. Yeah. A worse yeah, I show. I suppose. Yeah. That would be a really actually a super shitty show. <laughs> <laughs> I've never watched that. <laughs> Uh, okay, so now we're walking down the hallway, a different hallway, while uh, Shirley and Annie and Abed are all together talking about how they both kind of have an idea of setting up Abed with a girl for this dance. And since he's kind of trying to go down a different path, he, he seems receptive to it. And quickly, Annie and Shirley uh, uh, take that as a competition of who can set up Abed better. And of course, Annie, his close friend, would... Yeah. Set him up better than Shirley. Totally. Uh, I think maybe Shirley and Annie being in a competition uh, is one of my least favorite elements of this episode. I don't think that really does a lot for me. But you have to have it so Abed can do the two dates thing, and it's worth it for that. Yeah. Well, here's my question, though. Do you think that Annie picked him someone better than Shirley? Kind of. Do you think that Abed would enjoy Water Wings Girl more than No, but I Bland see Girl? why Annie would be like, this is the type of person Abed would maybe get along with. Whereas Shirley, it seems, just grabbed someone from a church and was like, would you like to go on a date with a, a, a nice boy that I know? That's true. I'll, okay, I, you know I what? feel like we don't get Fair any play. personality out of Shirley's pick. No, really. you don't. Whereas at least uh, uh, at least the weird girl probably has some like pop culture knowledge and stuff like mm-hmm. that. It's true. I mean, we totally would have been into that girl in high school. Come on, of course Abed could be. She might have been a little past my my. If range. she hit you at the right moment in high school with the right brand of quirky cuteness, you dated Lily. <laughs> Fair enough. 
<laughs> Sorry, Lily, love you. <laughs> oh man, I think they know. <laughs> they know. They know it's up. Okay, so now we're in the library. Britta is tippy tap tapping away what at a Craigslist or at, at trying to email people, mm-hmm. trying to make this Sophie thing happen. You know, if, if she had a typewriter. And Pierce shows up at first to get on that specific computer because that's the one that his email's on. And you know what? You know who stole that joke? They did that joke in the new season of Arrested Development. There's really? an episode where Job is like in the office and he's like, well, I got to go check my email. I'm like, well, you can look it up on this computer. And he's like, nah, mine's on the computer downstairs. Yeah, I think the way that they do it in Arrested Development is a little bit funnier, but it is mm-hmm. the same joke. Wow. Like years we later. Should, we should write to somebody and tell we them. We should sue somebody. Somebody. Yeah. Somebody's neck should... I was going to say someone's neck should roll. Someone's head <laughs> should roll over yeah, this. Yeah, I thought you were going to say someone's neck should be wrung, and I was like, shit, yeah, let's do it. <laughs> let's just choke out Will Arnett. Let's do hey, Will, one come of on our the show. final handful you. of Chevy Watch, che- Chevy washes. We'll wash them for <laughs> one of the last times. Uh, what do you think of this? They kind of give Pierce a human storyline that feels... Like, it, on its own, works in this episode, but it feels yeah. a little bit, like, course-corrective in a way that totally doesn't work. Uh, but in this episode, I like it. I think they make Chevy do just enough without giving him too much meat to handle. Like, a lot of the ways he's involved with the storyline kind of happen around him rather than him, yeah. the actor, performing much. But it, it is a nice it works out great. Pierce thing. I don't know. Both of these moments that he has with Britta in the episode, I think, are nice and human in a way that Pierce hasn't really been. Uh, it almost harkens back to the drug awareness play episode in the way that he, uh, yeah, uh, is kind of human and helps Annie. But in that one, he ends up f-ing everything up. In this one, he kind of just does a nice thing. I don't mm-hmm. know if Pierce has ever done just a nice thing. Not very often. He doesn't like get Sophie just to make himself look better. He only really tells Jeff. I think that that he's the one that did it. It seems like a selfless act from Pierce Hawthorne yeah. in this episode, which is also worth noting. Well, and I think from Pierce's perspective, Pierce is always the butt of the joke, and he knows how much he hates it. And he knows that he's the butt of the joke at yeah. this point, and he probably knows how sad it is for Britta. What's his thing that he says about the asteroid? What is his actual point here? He tells um, it's Britta that, like, if the world's ending... What's yeah. the point of like making amends? Yeah, but in this scenario, the world probably isn't ending. So how is that good advice? But it could be. I guess. I don't know. It's no don't look up. But Live for today. Live for New Year's Eve. Party today. Party today. Do you ever watch that movie, New Year's Eve? Yeah. By the same people who made Valentine's Day. Yes. Starring Taylor Swift and Taylor Lautner. Yeah, it's true. Jennifer at the end Garner's of their nice little moment where Pierce gives Britta a pep talk, then he's again like, let me get over there. The post office is about to close. Chevy does have like a, a bug eye thing going on in this episode. Mm-hmm. They I'll tell they tell a story in the commentary. Later on, the Bernie Madoff, the Bernie Madoff moment uh, was originally like this long monologue for Pierce that was about something totally different. And on uh. set, the director was like, maybe we should come up with something that's like 
a lot less words. And what they came <laughs> up with on the day on the set was pretty funny. It's pretty funny, yeah. Little runner here of Chang passing out flyers to everyone <laughs> about the dance that's happening. I like that he said, I'm spinning the hits from yesterday and today, which are basically the same thing for me. <laughs> I like Chang in this episode. It's just I do because too. Ken can sell anything, and they don't really try to do anything with Changnesia. It's what Chang when Chang is at his best, he's doing something absolutely ridiculous and mm-hmm. everyone around him kind of isn't even acknowledging it. And yeah. that's what's happening in this episode. And that's the way I like Changnesia when it's not like, let's get to the bottom of this or everyone's like, yeah, we're pro Changnesia. I like when it just gets to be a little bit in this episode like this. I also like that Britta's like last minute solution for a DJ was Chang. Chang. Like she was like, okay, who can DJ? Well, Wait, but I don't know if that's even true because is he specifically the DJ for Britta's party only? I think he's the um, DJ for the whole event. I don't know. You know what I mean? Yeah, I think he's sitting he, right it down seems the like he is the DJ for the whole party, but he's handing out flyers for Britta's dance. I guess let's do a little Donald watch for a moment because Troy really is a non-entity in this episode. They Mm -hmm. even mentioned on the commentary that Troy's storyline of like trying to get into silly antics on his own that don't really like trying to force things on his own. Yeah. That there is a little bit more to it uh, and that they cut some of it for time. So like there really is very, very little Troy in this episode. How do you feel about that? It was noticeable for me because I'm always looking for what Donald's doing in the episode. But, I mean, the episode is still really good, so it yeah. doesn't hurt it, but it would have been nice to see Troy a little more involved in one of the storylines. With Abed's storyline, for sure. Yeah. Maybe the Or even more directly that... with Britta. Yeah. Because he's helping exactly. her. Like, maybe he could have her maybe back. Because the they was... are in a whole-ass relationship, just a reminder to the show. Maybe the thought was that Troy couldn't be an Abed storyline because then there's no need for Rachel to help him out. Yeah. Totally. But if he could absolutely be like helping Britta do stuff, and that's kind of what he is doing, but they take away any of like I'm doing this for my girlfriend Britta. There's yeah. Nothing like that at all. Okay, so we meet Cat, Annie's uh, idea for Abed's date, and you don't seem to be a, a much of a Cat fan. <laughs> I mean, she's fine. She's very out there. She okay. looks like oh, a grown here's, up Judy Here's B. what Jones. I'll say. Here's what have been cute. I I love the ending of the episode. We'll talk uh-huh. about it. But it wouldn't it have been fitting if Britta like then asked Troy to dance because yes, yeah, that would have been great. Uh, and we'll we'll talk about that later. There, we'll, let's let's put a pin in that. We're talking about yeah, Kat. Talking about Kat, Kat. Obviously, she's annoying. She is too much. Could you hear it? That's my that's my favorite cat line in the whole episode. Is after she tells him that she like asked him to go to the dance through a balloon. She said, "Could you hear it?" <laughs> Did she's you really it? funny. We all know people yeah. that are like. This is like a really over-exaggeration of the Manic Pixie Dream Girl. But, yeah. of course, our high school and every high school and every college is full of whether they're... Oh, sure. Like, whether they're like the gothic Manic Pixie Dream Girl or, in this case, kind of more of like a neurodivergent, uh, not just mm-hmm. meaning autistic, but like someone who is neurodivergent. Uh, mm-hmm. Like, that can be kind of a Manic Pixie Dream Girl thing. It's a really good satire of that because people are yeah. not quite this ridiculous, but pretty close. Yeah. Like all of the girls How'd in you, high school okay. that wanted to be YouTubers. I think my my surprise for how much you like Kat, I didn't, she, I didn't she I let that. out one of the cardinal sins for you, Zach. She did the white Super duper, Mr. Cooper. <laughs> <laughs> Super duper, Mr. Cooper. 
Yeah, but that's not. You really don't like those. I didn't say I love Kat. I just said I saw why Annie would pair her with Abed. Okay, yeah. And why Abed could potentially like her. I could see that. I also see why she's one of those people, like all kinds of people. I'm sure I'm this way to people. I'm sure everyone's this way to people. Instantly, you're either like, I like this person's brand of putting themselves out mm-hmm. there, or you're like, that's very off putting, and there's not much of an in the middle. Yeah. Clearly, Abed, I think you're very off putting. I know. That's why this works. <laughs> why our chemistry works, both on pod and under sheets. Hey, yo. <laughs> Nothing beats that working out that scooter. The way that they film that, the way that it seems like a go-go gadget moment is great. Yeah. Annie feels really proud of her choice. Abed agrees to go to the dance with her, and that's kind of that. Annie lets things go. Uh, she wants to tell Shirley that, that, that she's a loser, but Abed says he'll handle it, and, and that's that. Until momentarily, uh, Shirley will come in with her other girl or talking about her other girl and get Abed to agree to also go to the dance with her. So now Abbott's going to the dance with two girls. I wonder how many sitcoms have done an episode like this. Because so many All of them. And this episode just eats up all of those tropes. I think every single one of them has Zach at this point. Yes. So this is what happens when Abed tries to be normal. And he kind of acts like this was just thrown in his face. But he did kind of just Oh, he did this on purpose. Yeah. Yeah. He, like, saw an opportunity, and he probably was planning on this from the beginning. Yeah. Like, he and was about to right tell Shirley, but not really. such a weird Troy and Abed thing going on here because he doesn't, like, in any way ask Troy to be a part of it or to help him or to give him ideas. Mm-hmm. Troy's just kind of like, cool, Abed, and then he's not in the episode. Yeah. Britta asks Troy to start doing chores for him, and the wacky ice line is kind of funny, but it does make yeah. me just a little bit sad now that we're really zooming in on this episode that, well, what, is this episode eight? Yeah. After this, there is ten episodes left with Donald Glover. Wow. So just like we're at the end of Pierce, you know, I want to see all of the great little Troyisms I can get while he's still there, and this episode kind of puts him on the bench. Yeah. I wonder if Donald was busy with something that week. That's what I was thinking is maybe he was. Okay, so now we're to the dances. Uh, The the set, the cafeteria always looks great when they dress it up for something like this. I like a lot the way Britta decided to decorate her dance with kind of the wooden, woodsy look. And honestly, for putting it together in like a day, she did a great job. Two days, she did a great job. Abed's outfit's cute. Abed is cute. Abed is meeting Jessica, Shirley's date. I want to bring this out there. Is it weird that they had to make her a black girl because it's Shirley's idea of a date and the girl comes from Shirley's church? Is their idea like, oh, well, of course, Shirley's church is a black church, so it's just Here's what I think they did. Is it a little weird? I think they picked somebody who was... Or are they like, well, it's someone Shirley would bring. Shirley would bring another black person. Is that a, is it kind of I think like it would have been weirder if Shirley brought a white person. Do you? Yes. Why? Well, you're like, here, why wouldn't the black person bring another black person? I <sighs> think that it makes sense that she brought someone of color. Yeah. But I, I'm thinking more of like the where the writers are coming from more than where Shirley, the character, is coming from. I think from. they probably had a it's few white different people shades that wrote of people this. that they tried out. And you she's think so? ethnically ambiguous enough. You think so? <laughs> you don't know exactly the swirl in the coffee. You don't know how many creams. I don't know, sugars. man. It's a little thing, but it made me it made me think of that. It made me have that thought. 
Like, are they implying that Shirley? Only, I don't know. It's Annie could have brought a black person, and not only that she brought a black person, but that the person has no character too. She's yeah. like just a church person. I don't know. That they obviously came up with a real specific idea for one girl. Why couldn't they for the other? Yeah, I agree. They did not really flesh her out. She's nice. Like almost, it would almost even make sense if Shirley, because of her biases, brought someone that looks closer to Abed. Mm-hmm. And, and, and you know what I mean? I feel I, totally. it just came off a little weird to me. We get a little thing of Kevin DJing. I always think Kevin's funny because he's just standing there being like, I don't know what I'm doing, man. If you have a request, please be specific. That made me laugh every time. So we get the first scene in the coat check. Brie Larson, how adorable is she? She's so cute in this. And this is 2013. I don't know how far we are from Room. This is definitely post-Scott Pilgrim, I would imagine. Yes, post-Scott Pilgrim, pre-Room. But she's still making small appearances in like comedy at this time. Uh, yeah. She goes on to later be an Academy Award-winning actress and a literal superhero. Yeah. What do you, know, you Captain, did you see Captain, Captain Marvel? Marvel's did you enjoy favorite. it? I haven't seen it. Not my favorite. Did you like enjoy, even like it that much? No. Brie Larson is a phenomenal actress, though. And if you haven't seen or heard of the film Room that she won an Oscar for, you should well, absolutely check it out. It's very, very good. No relation to the Tommy Wiseau flick. Not at all. And she doesn't quite make much of an appearance here yet other than, I don't know, man. She's just got this really cute every girl vibe in this episode uh, in a way that feels really real, like more of a real life version of the type of character that Kat is. Uh, she, sure. I don't know. I, I really like the character. I really, really like the way that Danny and Bree, I don't know. They have really good chemistry and the way that not only do they have chemistry, but Abed has chemistry with this girl without losing any of his Abedness. I think it's really cool to watch. Yeah, I think they did an awesome job with her character and a great job of making us like see, wow, like she'd be really cute with Abed. And I think they could really get along together and like be good friends. And like, I think they're like an awesome pairing. But we only see a little bit. He just checks in and I guess he doesn't leave a coat. He like changes from one coat to another. Yeah. And he does the kaleidoscope. He gets he, what he checks is the clutch. So did he check a coat before this? No, he just is walking in. Just Switching acting like coats. he owns the place. Yeah. When swap. I went to see a concert in Philadelphia, I checked my coat for the first time, and it's the most adult I've ever felt. What a privilege. I've never checked my coat before. It was really nice to be at a concert and not have to worry about my coat. Yeah. I have too many things in my pockets to really enjoy checking my coat. We'll see. But your pants have pockets. Oh. Do you have that much shit in your pocket? What is in your pockets? <laughs> But you I will say my coat pockets at any given moment, Zach, because I'll let you know. I definitely am, though. I You would have. Well, you know, from experience what it's like when I have to walk through like a metal detector yeah. and I've got all this shit in my pockets. <laughs> and I have to, to, uh, I've got to hold it in my hands and then I've got to like put it over here. And then afterwards, I've got to take like Zach another few minutes like to put it back in my pockets, pockets. And all of them have like one thing in them. Yes. Really each great. each thing goes in a specific <laughs> pocket. 
And he's like, okay, I got all the metal out. Goes through. Beep, 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 beep. Damn it. <laughs> Forgot my toe ring was in my left. And then Steven doesn't pocket. even make it to the thing. And they're like, you can't. They're like, in. sorry, sir. What did, didn't they get on me at Disney World? Because I had like a bottle of cologne and they're like, no glass in here. But I, I don't had, remember like, that. Yeah. that Was that when, when we went? I don't remember that. The very first day we went to Disney. We I think like, I okay, was already in line for a through. ride and had forgotten that you were with me. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. Okay, so after that, that was a tangent. A lot of tangents this time. Uh, Britta is setting up a stage. I am a tangent. That Thank makes you. it. That's funny. Noticing. That makes it long, tan, and handsome. Hey, yo. But not long where you'd want. Long in all the wrong places. <laughs> uh, so Britta is setting up what looks to be a stage for performance, and Jeff is sticking his little nose all over it to to watch for Britta's mess up and and to to see that obviously the artist isn't going to show up and, and he's going to be there for Britta's great undoing. It's a real mm -hmm. douchebag move. Brit <laughs> Jeff is such a bully. Yeah. He's really an asshole in this episode. Cause it's not really even a flirty well, type of jabbing no. like it used to be, or even like a friendly jabbing. Like it, it's pretty like you're going to mess up and I'm going to be there to laugh when it happens. And that's well, pretty. And it's so like, I don't know. It shows how little he has going on that he like scoured <laughs> for sure. Craigslist to find her ad for Sophie B. Hawkins. Yeah. But Britta, and even though sure, she doesn't make the big thing happen at the end, if that's a problem you want to have with this episode, even though I think the episode does plenty around that yeah. to work. Uh, Britta here, it's nice to see her that like, no, I'm not backing down this time. Like, I can do stuff too, Jeff. You don't get to be God all the time. Sometimes yeah. I can be God too and make stuff happen. I believe God is a woman. Troy shows up to say a few lines and collect his paycheck for this week's episode. And then he goes back into the background. He basically, he's doing these things, these tasks for Britta for the party. But all he really wants to do is get into some hijinks. He mentions mm -hmm. being a snack inspector and showing up. Uh, stealing people's chips so they can get more chips for the party. And then Britta's like, now nah, we don't need that. And he puts on a mustache and walks away. But it really is. Troy shows up, says a couple lines, yeah. is doing something in the background. And that's it. It's sad. Then we cut to Ovid and Kat dancing. Kat was doing some shoulder stuff. I know, she stuff. was grooving. I kind of like I kind of like the vibe down and dirty. on there. It's always funnier to me now watching stuff like this where people are dancing to know that they're probably isn't music playing on set yeah or if there is it's vague and it's not what they're dancing to in the shot mm -hmm. so it's just a bunch of people kind of maybe like, it'll be ooh, something fast yeah. maybe something medium i don't know you gotta have some that works with all timings i've got to say abed is so suave and kind mm -hmm. as a date and it's sad that you know, he is kind of taking advantage of these two girls, and that's not really a part of the episode at all. Maybe it should have been. I mean, Shirley and Annie kind of tell him at the end that he's like, they're real people who can get hurt. I guess that's true. But it would have maybe been a little more uh, uh, satisfying if one of these nice girls like threw a drink in his face or something. Mm. We don't really get that moment because it's all about the Shirley and Annie. I do think it's really sweet how Ovid's like, I'm going to pick out something for this weird girl instead of flowers yeah. and, and gives an artichoke. If we're going to pick reasons not to like Kat, the, the British accent <laughs> is a good place to start. I thought that was a plus, man. That 
I'm coming around now. If Kat had been this weird, but had been an anime girl, you would have had no problems. Oh, totally. I agree. I also thought it was cute the way Kat looks at Abed when he's like, I'm going to go grab some punch. She smiles real mm-hmm. big at him. And I almost like the added thing of not only does does Abed have to keep his two dates happy, he also has to keep the two people spying on the separate dates happy without letting anyone get wise. It's like double what the usual situation is. I enjoy it. Mm-hmm. Abed also very clever to send, you know, Shirley and then Annie away with like tasks that are going to send them like a distance so that they also sure. don't know that he has two dates, which he did a pretty good job of handling. Another thing I like about this episode slash would have liked to see them do more with. I talk about how I would have liked to see more of a runner between Britta and the Dean, because Mm -hmm. honestly, I think if there's anything this episode needs, it's a little bit more Britta. Yeah, I agree. Uh, And so I really like that there's this visual of a line running straight down the middle of the cafeteria, separating the two dances. And I kind of like that it's there and they never call attention to it. Instead of doing the typical like, hey, you're on my side, like every sitcom does the like two brothers split their room in half mm-hmm. and like you can't put your stuff on my side. I, yeah. I But I would have liked you don't to see any of that. And I'm OK with it, but also maybe would have liked it at the same time. Like, I think it's cool that it's just a detail that's there and it's a funny visual thing. But I would have liked to have seen more Britta versus the Dean. Well, and I think you could have had a whole scene that maybe it could replace. I don't know what it would replace exactly. But where like they're both setting up in the cafeteria and like Britta gets like a stage like the Dean does and like they're They're competing for attention. Well, and like they both hire Chang, but separately, but they but Chang's like, yeah, I'm DJing the party tonight. What do you mean? And so like they both like have him booked for the night, which is funny. And I would have liked there could have been this storyline of they're both trying to get more people to their side of the party before Sophie shows up. And Britta and the Dean are, like you said, both on a stage, but maybe like uh, the Dean starts like singing a song because too many people are going over to Britta and then Britta starts doing like a weird Britta mm-hmm. dance to like, I don't know, I, that, that would have been funny. I would have liked to see yeah. a little bit of that. Abed gets sent a picture of Troy in a mustache holding chips bags to show that Troy is really getting on his, on his own thing, really going off on adventures. It's a little sad. Yeah, it is. Troy needs a friend this week. Well, and it's sad because Abed isn't even like entertaining it. He's just kind of like, okay, and then moves on. I know. That's so weird. Like Abed could have been like nice or something. Like just acknowledging him would be sweet. There's a little moment between the Dean and Jeff. It's not one of their funniest moments, but you put the two in frame together. There's always going to be a funny little thing. Uh, uh, When the, the Dean ends up asking Jeff for a dance as he just walks away. It's funny. Yeah. Back to the coat check, Abed is getting ready for kind of his next next set. There's a really cute back and forth that Rachel's just been sitting around reading this Bible that Abed handed her, and they kind of <laughs> joke around a little bit. The Job joke is really funny. It's yeah. just so effortlessly cute and sweet immediately. Uh, for a character like Abed, that it would be easy for him being cute and sweet with someone to feel out of character, and it just doesn't. It, it works yeah. so well. And this is when Abed kind of starts to figure out that Rachel totally has it pinned down what's going on and very quickly put together the Abed's on two dates. And Mm -hmm. they get to now share this experience together. And the fun of this whole thing for Abed now becomes that he gets to like play around with this girl, which is kind of sad that he treats those other girls kind of like toys in this situation rather than than real people. But it is really cute to watch Mm -hmm. him bond with Rachel over like keeping up the charade 
Yeah. Brie Larson doing the puppy thing. Just adorable. Cute. Mm-hmm. I kind of like the line here when Abed puts down public declarations of love and talks about how stupid that is. It's taking something mm-hmm. private and making it public. And then at the end of the episode, he does it. Yeah, it's cute. cute. And I didn't quite put that together until just now. Gosh, Zach, that's the whole point. Why are you even watching the show? It's called Community. So Abed <laughs> enlists Rachel to help with the situation. And I think this is... I don't remember if this is exactly where, but we get a really nice montage of Abed trying to keep his charade up and Rachel like filling in in little places, which is nice. We get the DJ giving a sponsored plug for Hawthorne Wipes, which is funny. The Hawthorne Wipes slogans that he comes up with are funny. Why does this dance have a sponsor, though? Uh, Maybe that's who paid for the... uh... I mean, Pierce kind of does sponsor. You know, he he brought this together. He helped pay for things, I'm sure. You know, he was like, you know, the shadow donor. Here we get a little scene of what we've been saying that we want with Britta and the Dean meeting at the halfway point of their dances and and kind of talking over what's going on. The Dean kind of throwing some shade that like if Sophie P. Hawkins doesn't show up, that some of these people might kill themselves. Yeah, man. Jim Rash can deliver the ever loving shit out of a line. Yeah, that man can hit his mark. Now, Abed on his separate dates, he's starting to make little mistakes. There's too much going on in his head. So he mentions Bible studies to cat instead of duct tape hats. Rookie (laughs) mistake. But uh, he is able to distract her with the help of Rachel, who just shows up with a bubble wand (laughs) and Kat just starts chasing after bubbles. It's great. Then he goes over to Jessica and she just is just like a nothing. Mm -hmm. She's like the type of girl that like Jeff usually dates. She's just like just a blank thing. But Rachel shows up with a telegram and that's funny. Telegram. Oh, yeah. It's urgent. That's funny. And the way that they don't let either of the girls even like kind of register that something's going on. They're both I mean, just Jessica like, okay, just went like, like she's upset. Like, why is he leaving again? But there's, she's but noticing, I feel like that's an acting choice maybe by the actor. Who's like, what else would I do in this scenario? Yeah. They didn't write her to say or do anything. I'm sure. You know what, Zach? I have the script right here. Yeah. Okay. That's it, it we've got Tell the me. DNA results. Tell me which page. Tell me which page. What does it say? Let me let me hear it. What's the well on page forty nine? Okay, that's a long script. Okay, it's it's long. Yeah, a lot of stage notes. Uh, Jessica then exclaims silently but clearly perturbed at Abed's rapid departure. Yeah. Yeah. That's- How about you turn to the first page of the script and tell me who wrote it? Do you remember the name of the writer, Stephen? No. Uh, yeah, it was um, Ch- Chunk Block. What was his name? Chunk Block himself, <laughs> star of stage Cuck, and screen. Cuck, Chunk- uh, Cuck, Cuck Gang, Cuck Dong. <laughs> Did you just say Cuck Dong? Let's move on. Britta finally confides in someone that uh, that Sophie's not coming. She tried. It's not happening because you can't just get a celebrity to show up somewhere two days after yeah. um, unless you're us and score a conversation with Joel McHale. Joel McHale, yeah. <laughs> uh, passing. It's weird that Britta picks peers to share this information to, but maybe she just knows that nobody. Why? Why would she not like maybe talk to Troy about this a little bit or something? Um, but it's just so Pierce well, can do Pierce, the next thing in the story. Pierce was the one who knew originally when they were in the computer lab. I guess that's true. I guess that's true. This is Pierce's Bernie Madoff bit that they made up on set 
during this, which it, it turned out really funny. Mm-hmm. But it being like, Bernie, you're comparing it to Bernie. He ripped millions of dollars from his <laughs> clients. Like, has that been confirmed? <laughs> it's a really funny Pierce <laughs> moment. Probably yeah. one of the last really good Pierce jokes. Bernie? <laughs> <laughs> this bit's also a little funny when Shirley and Annie are both being passive aggressive to the other uh, uh, assuming that they've won the competition between dates, not mm-hmm. knowing that Abed's on a date with with both of them. They said on the commentary that they almost left this scene where they don't figure out that something weird's going on. Mm-hmm. For sure, they just walk away both like, well, that was weird. And I think yeah. that might have even been kind of funnier. Me too. Abed and Rachel in the coat check room are really bonding over how well everything's going and how much they've been able to help each other and how much Rachel has been a a good part of the scheme for Abed. And then they have that classic bump into each other, Mm -hmm. drop all the cards, start picking up the cards, look each other in the eye. I like that. Rachel is bold enough to say that like, you know, if this was a movie, it'd be the part where we kiss, but Abed is Abed and is like, you're right, but this is a TV show, not a movie. And that's too much stuff for a TV show. And he pretty much real coldly just, Says he's going to pick one of the other girls. Says that Jessica is the audience favorite, which I don't know. <laughs> not, it's, not it's in Zach's house. Yeah. Well, you know how my house was growing up. It was real rough. Yeah. Uh, but literally it's picking between two nothings, like a girl who's annoying because and that's her character trait mm-hmm. and liter- and a girl who's a girl because that's her character mm-hmm. trait. So I guess Jessica's the favorite of the two because she's not less calling people Govna. Say what? Yeah. Less negative points. Sure. And the way that Abed just coldly says, okay, bye to Rachel and leaves. Yeah, that's shit. Damn. We wouldn't do that to Brie Larson, would we? Never. You and me in our three-way romantic relationship with Brie Larson. Yeah. <laughs> or is that just a room fan fiction that I wrote? Both. Uh, it's The line of mind. reality becomes easily blurred. Yeah, we're not going to make too many room jokes. No, because <laughs> either way we go with that is not good. Okay, so yes, Abed has his comeuppance here. There's that random shot of Troy just like juggling a bunch of cups. You laugh at it. It is a funny image, but like what the fuck are they doing with Troy in this episode? I don't He's know. literally There's just no a background reason. gag. There's no yeah. reason. When Lily and I watched it, I was paying attention to what they were saying, and I was like, what did Troy just do? And I had to go back and watch it. it just what makes me laugh cups? really hard about it is that, uh-huh. like, yeah, he's a bunch of cups stacked, but like they're not in danger of falling at all. He's no. just like having to act and do it. He's making really it into an antic. Yeah. Abed's being confronted by Shirley and Annie for uh, doing what he's been doing. And I don't know. They make him feel bad. They, they You're right. They tell him that those people are people uh, other than Kat, who's really not a people. She may be an alien mm-hmm. uh, when they show her. Hooping, so strange. I know that. Ken Jong wasn't in much of these episodes because he was filming uh, the hangover three at this time. Mm-hmm. I wonder if all of his DJ shots were like filmed on a different day than the rest of the event. where are just like these cutaway. They kind of look like it. He gets handed a flyer that, that says that he sucks, but he doesn't know what that means. Look, we already know Chang's <laughs> a liar and that he doesn't really have this Changnesia, but he's good at committing to a he bit. He plays it off so well. You got to give you him for, some It makes credit. you forget. Abed walks into the coat check room to explain to Rachel what's really going on. I really like the community's pointed out that that's one of the show's writers that is the replacement coat check girl. I didn't know that. And it was cool to see. Yeah. Uh, Abed realizes here that he's messed up and that uh, Rachel left because he was a total douche to her. 
and she left rightfully upset. And Abed realizes that Rachel is the one that he wants to hang out anyway with and that he's made the wrong call. The water wings bit is pretty funny. Mm-hmm. The way that the new coach check girl is like, yeah, she left. Rachel left me all this stuff to do and I have to figure out who's whose water wings these are. And then you see Kat in the background chasing after a balloon. And she's like, oh, yeah. never mind. I think I know whose they are. And Abed gets to feel bad because he, he lost the one girl that really meant anything to him in this situation. Yeah. I kind of like Abed as a romantic lead in a situation like this. I, I almost too. wish that the, the Abed version of this episode and the Brita version of this episode could have been two separate episodes. That would be kind cool. of like, pay attention. Like you see the other one, what's going on in the background. It doesn't have enough time to do all the Brita stuff because it does a lot with it. it even though the Brita storyline is what kicks it all off. The Abed thing kind of feels like an A plot. Yeah, totally. Abed shows up rightfully dejected and Annie and Shirley are still mad at him, but kind of feel a little better and want to help him out when he tells them that he met a girl that he really likes tonight, which is unusual for Abed. And he messed it up because of the hijinks that he was in and he needs mm-hmm. to find a way to, to make up for it. It's a nice yeah. little moment as we're building towards the really, really sweet endings to this episode. They tell him to run off and find his girl and he, he runs off to do it. <laughs> Meanwhile, everyone's awkwardly shouting Sophie the way that it shows Chang Channing, Sophie, that's got to be filmed at a different time without so all those people around because it looks pretty spliced into everything else. I like it. <laughs> the Dean is telling Jeff, oh, I hate to say I told you so, but I'm going to say it to Britta's face because everyone's chanting for Sophie. Sophie's not there. She's not showing up. And Britta has to get up on stage and disappoint all of these nice people. And the first thing that she says on the microphone, she says, what is the nature of hope? <laughs> what Britta says and that's such a funny Britta way to start off that yeah. everyone turns on her when they find out that Sophie's not showing up they all start booing her the dean boo boo looks like someone underestimated building a party <laughs> really funny but then Sophie does show up like a miracle I love the dreamy shot of her slow-mo walking into right? the cafeteria and Britta's moment of seeing what's going on and from here on out the episode just becomes a smile fest. I think from this moment forward, I'm just smiling. Yeah, totally. Everything's so sweet. All of a sudden, Britta's getting this sweet moment. It worked out. We don't really know how yet, but Britta has that smile and looks so happy. And it's just it's just nice. Sophie B. Hawkins starts playing her song, Damn, I Wish I Was Your Lover, and is interrupted by Abed, who makes his public declaration of love. My favorite part about this scene is Sophie B. Hawkins acting next to Abed while he's like telling the speech. Yeah. It's really fun to watch her because Abed runs up and stops her and she just has this blank face the whole time instead of being like upset that she just got interrupted. I don't know. It's interesting. Mm -hmm. It's funny to watch her act or not act. Other little moments going on in the crowd that I really like. The shot of Troy singing along to the song makes it very clear that Donald did not know this song. He didn't know that he was supposed to know the song. He is just going, just mouthing along, (laughs) nothing to the words. Really funny. And I don't think that's the bit. I think he was just supposed to sing along to it. He didn't know it. Abed makes his, his announcement and says that he messed up and that he really liked Rachel and 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 doesn't know if she's there to hear it, but but says what he has to say. And she does hear it and, and she rushes back in. And it's a very, very sweet moment. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Sophie B. Hawkins in the background of Abed's speech looks so <laughs> lost. 
the love moment between Rachel and Abed here as the song plays in the background. The This is the first of two moments in this episode that make me tear up just about every time I watch it, because mm-hmm. not only is it just cute to see people fall in love, but the way that they wrote this character of Rachel, the way that she goes right into like, hey, if we go on a date, I can pretend to be on a dare to date you or something. It She just gets Abed kind yeah. of in a way that other people haven't. And it's so cute. And it makes me tear up because it makes me so happy for Abed that mm-hmm. he uh, finds someone that like gets him and that he is able to get on a level or is able to uh, act himself with in a way that he doesn't always get to, especially when it comes to like girls and romance. It's just so cute. Good for Abed. Yeah, adorable. And then here, Jeff gets his comeuppance. The Dean and Jeff and Pierce are are standing around uh, being like, man, I can't believe that Britta pulled this off. And I guess I'm wrong. Pierce didn't just tell Jeff. He tells the Dean here, too. Uh, But he's the reason Sophie B. Hawkins is there. He's the one that did it, which makes Jeff want to go right into making fun of Britta again and, Mm -hmm. and being mean to her, which is so awful. But Pierce, this is the Pierce moment that really like they managed to get it out of him, and it really plays off well where he just says to Jeff, like, look what she was doing and why she was doing it. You guys are so mean to her, cut her some slack. Pierce saying to Jeff, she helped you reconcile with your dad while, while Jeff gets to see Britta having this little moment. I don't know. This really resonates with me too. Um, This episode takes what my biggest complaint has always been about Britta's character and the way that they mm-hmm. treat her and, and like questions, why do we do this? Why do these characters do yeah. it? Why are they so mean to her? And, and Jeff gets to feel bad. Like he should like a bully, like he should. And man, it's just such a nice note to have him texting Britta, uh, how much he, he appreciates her. I love that even though I'm disappointed that we don't talk about Britta and Troy more often, that there's absolutely no tinge of anything romantic in this. Yeah. It's a truly platonic moment where Jeff gets to tell his friend, like, you finally, like, you deserve this credit. I hope you feel great tonight. You should. And and I don't know. It's just a nice, earnest moment between these characters in a way that we don't get very often, ever. And seeing her reaction when, like, she reads, like, you braided the hell out of it. And somebody who feels like such a screw-up all the time, probably even before, you know, meeting the study group, she felt like a screw-up, sure. you know? And so now she does because the people who care about her the most and that know her the best are still using her as, like, oh, a failure, a mess-up. And for that to be flipped on its head and say, hey, you did a good job, and, like, this is who you are, like, that's yeah. that means a lot. Yeah. This episode ends perfectly. I think it gets that sweetness just right to where there's not too much of it. It's not cringy or corny. It feels like these characters are so negative to each other all the time that they've earned something like this. Uh, It just makes me feel a lot of love for this show and for these characters. And I don't know, man, it's hard to put into words the, the sweet butterfly tummy feelings you can get from watching a piece of media that just executed what they were trying to do perfectly. And this episode does it. It does Mm. it. I think this episode does it in that way better than any episode of community wow you know as far as from like a sweetness perspective and mm-hmm. making me like just making me feel happy to be alive you know i think sure. it does really well and that is the end of the episode i also really love the end tag end great use great. of sophie b hawkins in the end tag while troy and abed make her do different variations of like the damn something something uh i just i almost wish they would have done more i almost wish they would have done too. like 10 of them like yeah. I don't know. Can you come up with one? 
Damn. I wish. <laughs> no, I don't know. Damn. I wish we wore masks in Indiana. Oof. Right. <laughs> it's a good. Damn. Damn. I wish Pierce wasn't racist. That'd be great. This is a good one. I like the end tag. And then I like how the Dean's like, you guys, you're wasting her time. She's an artist. And then asks her to leave this really uh, crazy voicemail <laughs> for about Jeff. They said that there was original draft of this in a script where the Dean wanted her to put on like a Jeff mask or something. Oh, my God. Wild. Dean, I wish I was your lover for my voicemail. <laughs> Just sing the damn song. This is, <laughs> the Dean gets a good episode here, too. I don't think yeah, he's he going to be my MVP, but he shows up real well. He this gets a nod from Jim me, Rash yeah. always does. And that's the end of the episode. I don't have any negatives to say. I really enjoy this episode. It's very funny. It's very sweet. It's well written. It's clever. It, it, it skews tropes in a way that only community can, even without Dan Harmon, they show in this episode. Uh, what are your thoughts as we as we wrap this up? I think this is a great episode. It's, yeah. it's one of my favorites in the series. And it's one that at any given moment, if someone asks me, do you want to watch this episode? The answer would be yes. And yeah. That's something that I can't say for every episode of this show. I mean, I love this show and I love watching it, but this episode especially has always meant a lot to me and has always been one that I thought was so smart, so funny. Yeah. And as much as I did pick it, like a few little things that I would have liked to see, that doesn't take away from the episode at all. It no, it's that exactly you like it so much to. that you would have loved a little bit more of it. Like yeah. a 10 minute longer cut to add to oh, totally. Britta's storyline. If I could get Britta when the music is playing, walking up to Troy with a fake mustache on her face and asking to do some sort of secret mission dance, yeah. I would love that. Yeah. But there's only so much time in the episode and they fit a bunch of really awesome stuff in there. I think it's great. Um, I still I look I, forward to watching it again. I, yeah, sure. Like, I want to watch this episode again. I'm not right sick now. of this episode. And especially with season four, even the ones that I like by the third time around, it's oh, a drag. Yeah. I love this episode still. I think I'd probably still say, okay, when I give things a letter grade, I don't give things an A plus. A is mm -hmm. the tops. Okay. I'd still probably maybe give this episode an A minus, but not really as a cut against it, just because I'm a hard grader. Uh, it's a great episode. There's nothing really wrong with it. And let's wrap it up with our MVPs. It's kind of hard to pick for me. Do you know who mm -hmm. yours is? I wrote one down and I'm going to stick with it. Yeah. I'm going to give honorable mentions to I like Pierce's moment. Mm -hmm. Dean's great in this episode. Mm -hmm. I didn't give it to Brie Larson, but Rachel's character is amazing. She's yeah. great. I gave my MVP to Abed this week. I think that Abed, I really enjoyed him throughout the episode. I don't think that he does anything mean or malicious. I mean, he's kind of using those women. Is he? Because he one day if he was trying to sleep with both of them. He's truly just right. doing a bit. He's okay. He's certainly All he did was accept both them. invitations that Annie and Shirley set up for him. Okay, fine. well, that's what I'm going to give did lead Annie and Shirley to believe that he would tell the other one that he wasn't going on that date. Yes, but I it didn't rub me the wrong way. Like if let's say if Jeff were dating or on a date with two girls because he was trying to sleep with at least one of them. Yes. And Abed's not trying to do that at all. OK, I'm going to give mine to Abed, too. I was going to until I had the thought that, like, is it is he really? Because mm -hmm. that's kind of mean. But it's such a great episode of Abed that. 
feels so in character with him while also kind of stretching his characters into new territory in a way that doesn't feel like season four f***ing it up. It feels like natural that he's kind of growing up a little bit. Uh, I want to give honorable mention to Britta because Gillian does this episode well. She sells so many of the her facial expressions when they really let her run away with it are incredible. When she smiles, when she feels embarrassed, when she feels scared, she does a great job of, of sharing all of that. And this is an episode that really celebrates Britta as a character. So I wish I could give it to Britta, but I feel like Britta is still kind of on the sidelines a little bit. Yeah, so totally. I am going to give it to Hobbit. Well, and like you said earlier, you wish that we got like an Abed version of this episode and a Brita epi- version of kinda. this episode because it kind of teeters between. But I think because of that, they spend a little more time fleshing out Abed's they do. part of his storyline. And so it just I almost would have been fine over. also with a version of the episode that does the opposite, that does both, yeah. but leans a little heavier on the Brita than the Abed. Me too. But I love the Abed storyline. That's not to say anything. Abed will still get my MVP because this is... My favorite Abed episode this season so far, for sure. Mm-hmm. Let's wrap this thing up. Next week, we're going to be talking about a pretty divisive episode for community fans and a yeah. pretty divisive season for community fans. Maybe one of the most divisive episodes of the entire series. Next week is the puppet episode. It's intro to felt surrogacy. My gut reaction, not having watched the episode in several years mm-hmm. is that I did not like it very much. Well, but it, I'm willing to go in open-minded and I want to be surprised like I have been with some of these episodes. Here's what I remember about the episode. I remember Sarah Bareilles and yeah. Jason Alexander. And they're in a hot air balloon. Yeah. And I remember being like, oh, cool, they were in that. But I don't remember the episode being one of my favorites of the season. So I was surprised that it's so divisive in terms of people really, really liking it. That kind of surprised me a little bit when we talked. Well, I think, and we'll get into it next week. The only thought I'll say now is I think it's because it's community doing a homage episode, but it doesn't really justify the, it's kind of like bastardizing the idea of Mm -hmm. community doing like an event episode, but if you like it, you really like it. But if not, it's like, why the did they need to do a puppet episode? Yeah, I don't feel that badly about it. I'm pretty looking forward to getting into it. I love when things break the mold. It'll be fun to talk about it. And it is one that brings up a lot of opinions. So if you want to share with us your opinion, write it into us along with some trivia, your episode MVP and your favorite funny moment from intro to felt surrogacy. Send that over to can podcast at gmail.com. Also, we are very, very, very close to announcing a new uh, project over on the Patreon, a full new episode by episode rewatch podcast hosted by me and Steven that you'll only be able to get over on the Patreon. It's really exciting. It's something, it's a show that I've never seen before. So I'm excited to do something like that. We're not going to quite announce it yet, but that's coming up really soon. By the time this podcast has, has dropped, we'll have probably recorded well oh it'll be yeah. the day we're recording it'll be the day we're recording uh, so that's exciting keep an eye out for that and patreon.com slash can't disappoint podcast it'll be the first place to find out what it is when it's coming out and to get it when it comes out it, it's only going to be on the patreon and uh, there's all kinds of other stuff there too we do the live weekly you can't disappear show we've got older episodes of patreon exclusive podcasts we've done you get this show early every week you get shout outs on the show if you're a certain tier it's really where it's at but we appreciate any support that anyone gives us. And where else can people throw that sweet, sweet support, that attention that we need? You can, can they throw that it? support in a circle over on Twitter.com, where you can follow us over at You Can't Disappod. 
we are also on Instagram under the name Kansas Point Podcast. And if you are into YouTube and Facebook, go give us a, a like and smash that subscribe button um, over under the whole name of the show. You can't disappoint a podcast. Great job, buddy. Thank you. I've really got that down now. You really do. I mean, we've done it. Jesus, like a lot of times, 80 times or so by now. Yeah, that's nuts. How long we've been doing this, buddy. And yeah, the train keeps chugging. I still love it. And I still love you, Zach. I love you so much. Oh, so, wow. so desperately. Yeah, this is only for the people who make it an hour and 40 minutes into the program. I love you so <laughs> deeply and desperately. And I love the people who come hang out with us every week very much. It still is weird. And I love yeah. it a lot. So thanks for hanging out with us. We'll see you next week uh, from inside this good old dreamatorium of ours. Black Lives Matter. Everyone aspire to be that manic pixie dream girl that's buried deep inside you. I'm Zach. I'm Steven. We'll see you next time. Start all right, everybody. Damn, I wish it was the beginning of the podcast. I'm Zach, and I'm here to uh, make myself look, you know, real full of myself and and not stop talking for for a full 97 minutes here on the internet today. Um, I got my limp dick in my hand. I got a <laughs> cup of water next to me, ready to pod. That's a great intro. Thank you. With me today, as always, is NPR's Terry Gross. Terry, thanks for being here. I'm just happy to be invited. I meant to say Ira Glass. I don't know if Terry Gross is also an NPR person or not.